The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 5. Multitasking is a lie. And here's another one for you. You can do two things at once, but you cannot focus effectively on two things at once. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Yes, yes, and welcome back, uh, everyone. Now, that was a little bit of a tricky one, huh? A little bit of a tricky quote there. It could have been a few different people. So uh, let me go ahead and, and just fill you in. That was none other than Texas real estate agent extraordinaire and also New York Times bestseller Gary Keller, who wrote an amazing book, uh, I've got to say. It's called The One Thing. The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results. Okay? And it's an excellent book. I will recommend that book for you. We'll try to get a, a link to it down in the uh, show notes if you want to check it out yourself. It's, it's one of many books that I have acquired through the years and read through at breakneck speed. But I'll tell you, that one is the one that I certainly stopped at a few times to smell the roses because... It's a tremendous book, and I found out after researching him a little bit that, you know, only before this, he'd only ever published real estate books, and I have absolutely zero, and I mean zero interest in real estate books. Uh, but you know what? This One Thing book is pretty darn good. So uh, pick one up if you get a chance, or get an, get an iBook, or a Kindle book, or however you want to read it. So today's episode, the name of today's episode is Calm Your Stormy Practice with one thing, okay, sort of a, a play off that book, but also, uh, you know, it's it's springtime in Mississippi, so it's, it's a stormy season. I guess I had that on my mind, and also, no matter how good of a manager you are, how good of a doctor, how good of a dentist, how good of a whatever, how good of a practice manager, you're going to have some stormy seasons come through your practice and also your life, and so I uh, thought this was a pretty good episode to dive into some things and and really share with you the number one thing that we did to calm our stormy way of practicing. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But uh, today, you are going to learn how you can run a very highly productive practice while not violating a law. Now, what law might that be? Well, if you read this book, if, you, if you've read this book, or if you get a chance to go read this book... There's a, a law that's coming out these days, you know, every time you pick up a, a paper on neuroscience and stuff like that, they're doing research all over the place that suggests that this American idea of uh, multitasking, which would be, I suppose the idea would be that multitasking is essential if you want to be successful. Well, it's really not, not only is it not successful, it's also not possible, right? And so there's a law out there uh, that, that pretty much says multitasking is no good because it's not possible. But I'm going to teach you guys today how you can run a very productive practice and a very busy practice, if that's the way you choose to practice, 
without breaking that law, without violating those rules, and also how you can harness the amazing power of focused multitasking, okay? So I have, I have named something now. Not only are we not breaking the law of multitasking, we're out here naming stuff. Boom. That's just the way we roll, right? Uh, focused multitasking. I hope no one has that trademark because I haven't ever heard the term, but I just, it just pulled it out of the thin air as I was writing, writing up the show notes for this episode. But uh, there is a thing we do called focused multitasking, and we teach it, believe it or not. been teaching it since 2008, so uh, good grief, eight years now. And this thing will allow you to unlock your practice goals if you've hit a plateau or you've hit a sort of a, a stumbling block or a blockade, um, whatever kind of synonym you can come up with there. Uh, if you've hit something like that, and you just cannot get past it, and you just really, really, really struggle, and you just want to hit this goal that you've always had in your mind, you just cannot seem to do it, try this. Try this focus multitasking we'll be talking about here in a little bit. It's really amazing. It's really good. Um, and, and I'm telling you, I learned it from a doctor, or I learned a kind of, I mean, you know, it's kind of the base knowledge of it. And, uh, of course, I expanded on it, and I feel like we've, almost perfected it in my practice and I'll be sharing that with you today it's pretty awesome um, and after you learn this you will be able to solve most of the roadblocks that are out there keeping you underproducing, underproductive not um, not re- allowing your practice to reach the high level that you would like right so uh, let's dive right in let me let's do a little background before I get into all these fancy solutions that we're talking about, um, let's talk about the multitasking. Now, there's multitasking, but that's really a myth, okay? From what, what I've read in current, uh, current referee literature, there's actually no such thing as multitasking. However, there is certainly something called switch tasking. And uh, that's really what you're doing when you think you're multitasking. So I've always been the kind of guy that said I wanted to, uh, you know, I thought I was so brilliant that I could watch TV and study at the same time for tests, right? It's really not what I was doing. I was really watching TV a little bit, and then I was studying a little bit. And I might have been doing it in rapid sequence back and forth. But if I had focused all of my attention on the studying or on the TV watching, whichever was more important at the time, either of those tasks would have been done better than what I was doing. Now, how I got through school and got to this point, I'm not sure because I I certainly have never really focused on things the way I probably should have. Uh, But recent neuroscience proves that you will almost always, always finish two independently focused tasks quicker you know if you do them like one at a time that's all you're focused on than trying to do both at once it's every time guys it's every time so if the and if the if the tasks you're trying to accomplish are complex that just makes it that much harder okay it's just that much worse so that is um that that's the deal and so if, you, if you're out there and you're thinking, okay, Chris, well, thanks a whole bunch. 
So I guess we're in the wrong profession, right? Because I can't just sit down in a cubicle and focus on this one project for two hours and get done with it and take it to my boss and say, didn't I do a good job? I'm so focused and awesome. I've got a practice to run. You know, I'm trying to see a patient. I'm trying to numb up a patient that's very difficult to deal with. I've got someone that's not paying their bill in the back. The hygienists are screaming at me. The hygienists are doing their own thing. And you know how hygienists do. They just do whatever they want to all the time. And I, I don't know what, I don't know what I could do to single focus, uh, things in my practice one at a time. That's just not happening. Or maybe you're, you're one of these guys that's got a practice like a, a cosmetic practice and you're seeing one patient in the morning, one patient in the afternoon, or like a, a military a doctor, a friend of mine who said they actually had a quota of two patients in the morning and two patients in the afternoon. And I mean, that's, you know, you could do it there. You could do that. But you know, if you're, if you're in a modern practice and uh, you're running at a reasonable rate without a whole bunch of advanced services, then I think you've got to take this, you know, and say, wow, I, I mean, I, I mean, I bet most of the day I'm trying to multitask and, you know, it's just not possible. I'm in there, I'm in there trying to numb somebody. And while I'm doing that, I'm, I'm thinking about the crown preps that are next door that I got to get to. And I'm thinking about the, the lab case that I've got to send off for and, you know, did we take a shade on that? Is how's the porcelain going to match? And and all this, I'm trying to think. Did uh, did my lab person get all the whitening cases poured up? I mean, I just don't know. So I'm I'm constantly multitasking all day. And at the end of the day, we have an okay day. I feel pretty good about myself, and I think, wow, you, you know, you're a pretty good multitasker. Um, but now you're telling me, Chris, that multitasking's a myth. What I've been doing has just been a sham. I've been fooling myself and everyone else. And so, how am I supposed to run my practice now? I just don't understand. Well, let me introduce to you your salvation, okay? Because a few years ago, we came upon this truth, and and I had to, you know, I had to take a deep look inside and had to admit to myself, you know what? You know, Hoss, you've been thinking that you're super productive. You've been thinking you're some kind of multitasking freak, super superhero freaking nature. Um, well, you, you really, you're not. You're not that guy. And you've probably been hurting your efforts because you're just trying to multitask all day long. And don't our patients deserve 100% of our attention? And I've actually, that is actually something I've taught since 2008. And I've always had trouble trying to reconcile a busy practice with the fact that I knew that patients deserved 100% of our attention at all times. And so we actually came up not only with a term and a theory, but we actually put it into practice. Um, so I came up with this term called uh, focused multitasking. Now, now how's this, how's this work? So it's really not multitasking. So I'm not breaking those laws. I'm not, I'm not violating the myth of multitasking. I'll just call it multitasking because that's the common usage term. That's what most people would call what we do. But you, as the individual doctor, you have the power to to change the, you know change the way that it's perceived and actually create a situation that's ideal or very very much better than the historical multitasking a lot of us do. And the way that we do that is we divide up complex procedures, which we have a bunch of. Now, you do too, and you practice every single day. 
So we divide up these complex procedures into very small independent chunks. And then we execute chunk after chunk after chunk after chunk. Okay, so let me let me go into a little detail. So um, you've got a you're doing a crown prep, okay? You're doing a crown prep in one room, you're doing an emergency exam in another room, and down the hall you're you're supposed to go check your hygienist out and, and do a do an exam on that patient, okay, after the hygiene appointment. Well, you've you've got three things going on at once, right? That sounds bad. It already sounds like this is multitasking. Well, guess what? It it becomes focused, what I'm calling focused multitasking, if instead of worrying about all those three things at one time and thinking about all three at one time, you just chunk it out. So on the crown prep, you you walk into the room, you're gonna focus on that patient with one hundred percent of your focus and um, and you are going to give an injection. Okay? You're gonna talk to the patient, do a little chit chat and check their medical history and make sure everything's on the up and up. And you're going to give an injection. You're going to give the best injection you can possibly give. You're going to give that injection and give that anesthetic without any regard whatsoever to the patient across the hall waiting on your exam uh, that's in pain or the patient in the hygiene room that's getting ready for exam down there. And once you've given that injection and you leave the room, you're no longer going to think about that patient until you come back to them. And you're going to go across the hall and you're going to talk to that emergency exam. You're going to find out what's going on with them. You might order some x-rays. And while you're in there, you're going to absolutely focus 100% on that patient. And then you're going to leave the room. And you're going to forget about that patient for a few minutes. And you're going to go down the hall. You're going to check hygiene. And you're going to give them 100% of your focus for that procedure. Okay? And you go throughout the day and you just focus on little chunks at a time. So to the outside world and everyone else, it looks like you're multitasking. But as we all now know, you're not multitasking because it's really impossible. I guess it's much closer to switch tasking. Um, but the way we're describing it, we're focusing as we do it. Okay, so in that way, we also don't violate our own personal code of providing each patient 100% of our focus while we're with that patient. Okay, that's something that I feel like is absolutely essential. I will not take shortcuts on that. That is 100% the way it's got to be, okay? All right, so that's how it operates in a practice that can be productive and yet focused. Now, how exactly did we harness this in our practice? And that's what we're going to talk about now. In our practice, well, let me take you guys back a few years. So, this is a little bit of a funny story, and I don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that um, my friend does not mind me telling this story on on the radio. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, back in 2005, um, it was an interesting year. We were trying. I had actually come to the conclusion that an all-cosmetic practice was not going to work in Ripley, Mississippi. Now, some of you out there who are a lot brighter bulbs than I am would have probably come to that conclusion a lot sooner, but I'm stubborn and bullheaded, 
um, as they say around here, and I wanted to make it happen. I wanted to be known as this great cosmetic dentist in Ripley, Mississippi, and to show everyone it could be done if someone wanted to work and study hard enough. Well, somewhere between year 2000 and, and uh, 2005, I, you know, it became obvious to me that was not going to happen. And so, you know, I said, okay, well, what do we need to do? Because I, I, I do not want to live a life where I'm not productive and successful. I have goals and I would like to meet financial goals, personal goals, uh, achievement goals. And um, so I decided that I just wanted to be a very, very good general practice, you know, not be this amazing, famous cosmetic guy, but however, be a very um, well-educated general dentist who could do, a, you know, a good percentage of almost every procedure while referring out the highest, highest end stuff. And so I embarked on a journey all over the country to find doctors who, um, who represented different aspects I wanted to learn. Well, it just so happened that uh, my good friends, Dr. Uh, Steve DeLoach, Dr. Pat Clark, and myself, we were riding to Atlanta, Georgia, taking a, a course on ortho. And one of us, I mean, I think it was me, it's always me, right? I'm the guy that studies CE. I'm, I'm just, I was just that guy. So I always came on trips with these stacks of CDs and nobody wanted to listen to them, but I kind of forced us to listen to one or two on the road trip, right? So I pulled out this CD. And one of them was the doctor, Vince Monticello. And uh, he was in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. You know? And so we go to the course, uh, but we listened to this CD on the way down there. It was awesome. I mean, we were so, all three of us were like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. He sounds super awesome. We want to go learn from him. And so I called him up. And I, and I, I scheduled for not only us three, but I think five more of our good friends who graduated from Tennessee together to go. And uh, we did. Some of us flew. Some of us drove. Um, we played golf. We stayed at this amazing country club down there and uh, played golf and uh, went to his went to his office for a full day. Really, Vince was such an awesome guy, such a nice guy, such a smart guy. just blew you away how intelligent and what a great dentist he was. Um, so while we're down there, you know, we made friends with him, and, and uh, you know, it was a great day. And, and we all took away tons of, of just valuable information. And now Vince, uh, he was into things at that time we were not ready to get into, but some of us got into later, but but uh, like IV sedation and, and, and you know, crazy, st- you know, really complicated implants, stuff like that, stuff it's taken me 10 years to really get into. Uh, but one thing I knew I could do and I could take away was he had a lot of operatories, but things were running really smooth. I mean, it's really amazing how smooth of an operator this guy was. And so one of the keys I thought he had was just a little bitty, a uh, little bitty, like a whiteboard. It wasn't even a whiteboard. It was just like a piece of white laminated wood or something on the wall that had a glossy surface and they were using dry erase markers on it. And some of the assistants were just writing down what was going on, where they needed to go, what patient was where, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, it was a little bit chaotic, but, boy, they were using that thing, and then it was they were hopping. And they was just so, and I thought, wow, this is brilliant. I've never seen anything like this. Um, so, you know, I took that concept, and I brought it home, and we started working with it. 
And, uh, you know, first thing I did, I just put a big old whiteboard up in our hall of our practice. And we used it and started writing on it. And as time passed, it became more and more obvious the things we should write on it and the things we shouldn't write on it. And um, over the course of a couple of years, we modified and modified until we think we came up with a pretty darn efficient way of doing it. And uh, I actually even came out, I think, in maybe 2010 with a product that I sold dentists when I would go speak at lectures and and I would sometimes offer this manual and these DVDs uh, called the route board. That's what we called it because it routed me from place to place throughout the office. Um, this thing, I mean, I'm telling you, it is a it is a lifesaver. So I took Vince's initial concept and I sort of blended it with these surgery boards I'd seen at hospitals. And so what you have is um, you have this board. It's a whiteboard, for lack of a better term. And we actually have three columns on it. One column's priority. One column says procedure. And uh, one column says place. Uh, and so, you know, in our office, we number the operatories, right? And so I, I guess I, I have nine ops. That doesn't, that's not to say that I suggest having nine ops. Just for the sake of argument, we do have nine ops. Um and let's say that I'm in the I'm in a room doing something, and I come out into the hallway, and I find a board, and uh, I look at the board, and it says priority number one is for me to go to room number three and check hygiene. Well, that's what I do. I forget everything else I was doing. I go to room three, and I focus on that patient. I check hygiene, and then when I come out, the board has a new priority number one because in the background, my staff. They're just scribbling and erasing and updating and organizing and sequencing things behind my back so that the only thing I ever see out of the board is priority number one. And that's all I do all day long. Follow the trail. Priority number one. Priority number one. Now, the reason I came up with a product is because this is something that's very hard to explain and darn near impossible for you to get the whole concept just over the radio like this. But you know, it's a very powerful concept if you see it. And uh, the only way anyone learned it for years was if they actually came to my office in Ripley. Uh, we occasionally have these in-office days. Um, we call them Navy SEAL days. Just uh, not you know, out of respect for the Navy SEALs, who I think are maybe the most awesome fighting force in the world, uh, we try to help you learn how you can make your practice some small fraction of a percentage as productive as the Navy SEALs, which, you know, is still pretty darn productive for a dental office. Um, so people would come to these days, and and after they spent the day with me, they'd be like, oh, I get that now. You know, for the longest time, I did not see how that would work in my practice, but now I see. It's That's, that's how you go from room to room is how you don't get confused it's how you don't get stressed. It's how your team always knows where you are. Um, and we have rules, you know, like we have, uh, we write times on there and, you know, we write injection times. We never leave a patient more than 20 minutes after an injection, stuff like that. And it's just a really, really good practice organizer uh, tool. So, you know, some, we've called it different things. We call it the, uh, the practice air traffic controller. We've called it the office eagle eye. 
because uh, over time we found we found that it was necessary not to just have one board but to have multiples. I think, oh goodness, right now I've got maybe nine monitors throughout the office that are linked and I have a camera that's on my central board and they're all linked to it and so you can see the updates in live real time. Uh, and I don't really, this is not the show where you get into the reasons why we do a you know, a closed circuit TV feed instead of software, which you tried many different softwares or iPhones or what. I mean, there. listen, this is a whole day's lecture, but we use it every day and it keeps an eye on things and everyone knows what's going on. We have feeds that go into the front office. So the scheduler knows where I'm at. The front office manager, she knows where I'm at. Everybody knows where I'm at. Um, you know, I have a feed in my office. So when I go eat lunch for 10 minutes every day, I, you know, keep an eye on it. If somebody puts something priority on the board, I get up and go do it, you know, or hurry up my lunch or I know when I can chill out and, and, uh, listen to a little more of my talk radio or whatever, you know, I did, instead of rushing through. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just what we do. Um, and it has made the entire difference. It's the one thing we probably couldn't, I couldn't practice the way I practiced without it. I just couldn't. And I know a lot of teams that I've taught over the years couldn't practice to the level of productivity they do without it they just couldn't i mean once you get into the flow with it you just can't practice without it and that's fine if you want to practice at a slower pace but if you want to do a faster pace more high volume more productive and still have a very high quality you pretty much need to do something like this um, at least follow the basic principles so that's it i mean there's the promise that's the promise i promised you at the beginning, told you exactly what we did to harness that amazing power of focused multitasking. So that's exactly what we do. We have our route board, our Office Eagle Eye, our pra practice air traffic controller. And um, that's how we've reconciled the the myths and the laws, and we don't break them. Okay? So we're going to uh, take a couple of seconds here, and when we come back, we are going to have a very productive book report, uh, something I haven't done much of, but I love books. And, you know, I mean, I just, one of these days, um, I always want to do something. I've just, I have in my, right now I'm surrounded in my office just by rows and rows of business books. I have actually had to take cases of books to my warehouse, you know, and file them because I run out of space and my wife doesn't want me just stacking books all over the place, you know, because she thinks we might get mice or rats or snakes or whatever you get when you have piles of books all over the basement. But, um, yeah, we're going to have a book report, and I uh, think you guys will enjoy it. So we're going to talk about uh, the book we talked about in the very opening. So, everybody, just get a few seconds here, and uh, we'll see you on the other side. This is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire. And if you're ready to ignite your productivity, explode your growth, and burn down the barriers to your dream life, the Dr. Chris Griffin Show is where you need to be. Okay, well, thanks, John. Uh, by the way, John's going to be a, a guest on an upcoming episode, so... Look forward to that when I give that a little tease. It may be a month or so before we get that out there. But like I promised you, today we're going to talk about a book. And we're going to talk about that book, The One Thing. I guess the whole title is The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth Behind Extraordinary Results by Texas real estate agent Gary Keller. And, uh, you know, first off, go buy the book. I mean, that's what successful people do. They buy the book. They don't read the 10-page sampler on Kindle and then say, oh, that's all it was. They go buy the book. And, uh, you know, Gary deserves it. I mean, he wrote an awesome book. 
he and his co-author, and uh, go buy it. I mean, it's what they deserve. So you write an awesome book, people should buy it. I don't care how you buy it, but you should. Now, if you just want the quick, quick and dirty thing that gets you interested in it, I would say that some of the things I pulled out of it that I absolutely loved, um, he has an idea that time is the currency of achievement. I think last week we talked about how I think time is the most precious commodity on earth. He says time is the currency of achievement. Uh, you always make more money, but you can't make more time. And I think that's pretty much um, the truth, right? Uh, some more things I got out of the book. Uh, Gary says success is built sequentially, one thing at a time. That kind of goes back to our focused multitasking theory in that that's how we do it. We focus sequentially, one thing at a time. And at the end of the day, we're very successful doing that. I think, I think that that the whole gist of this book is kind of, it's not really geared toward a busy practice. What it's geared toward is saying this. In life, we're bombarded by things all day long. Stimuli. They just hit us from every angle. I mean, Facebook, LinkedIn, TV, you know, whatever. Every, anything you enjoy, you're bombarded by it. Social media, it's crazy. But if you can... Instead of just focusing a little bit on all this stuff and trying to be a, you know, jack of all trades, master of none, if you will, if you will narrowly focus on things and go super deep and rich in just a very narrow field, you can achieve extraordinary results. I guess in his example, he was probably talking about his success in real estate and how it came once he really learned how to focus specifically on one thing at a time and now in his real estate empire when he wants to do something new he focuses on that one thing for a while until he gets to be a master of it and then he accomplishes a ton um he has a few things that are really cool in the book like i love the three p's uh you've got to to get the extraordinary results he thinks you've got to live with passion i'm sorry that's a p but it's not what he said you gotta live with purpose you got to live by priority, and you have to live for productivity. I love that one, right? I very much love live for productivity. I mean, if you're not going to be a productive human being, what are you here for, guys? Come on. Um, so I love that. He talks about the success habits, his focusing question. It, I mean, the book gives you a reason to say, if I want to accomplish something just extraordinary, powerful something maybe a goal i've set that i never really thought i could really achieve if i just kind of drop everything else and focus on that eventually i will achieve it and it'll be amazing and i can look back at times in my life where i've you know i had the goal of having this practice ran at this certain level i never thought i'd get there and then when i got there i said okay i'm going to focus all my energy on getting down to three days a week never thought that would be really possible but i did it and it, you know, golly, what was that? 2008, we went to three days. That's, you know, that's a long time, guys. Eight years of three days a week. That's eight years of four day weekends, four day mini vacations for me. Yay, right? Um, but it's just because I focus so narrowly on that. And I'd be honest, I have found myself struggling to focus the last few years. Um, you know, goodness gracious, after my practice burned down, yeah, it, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of tossing around in the, 
in the dental doldrums, if you will. I mean, I was just sort of wandering. It was hard to focus, and I honestly wasn't as productive as I could have been for those two years. I was just, I wasn't. Now, the one thing I did focus kind of on was the practice, building it, and uh, I feel like we have a very, very nice uh, dental practice now, and I don't know that it could have been much better, so I did, I managed to get that done, but you know what? I could have done so much more, and uh, but I just, I just, it was tough. I'm starting to come back though, and uh, hopefully this podcast, right? It's it's a good example. I've really focused hard on the podcast for the last few months. I hope it's showing some fruit. I hope you guys are enjoying it. But uh, anyway, that's basically his whole theory. I mean, you need to go buy the book and read the whole thing. But uh, he pretty much believes that if you'll focus on one thing at a time you will achieve the amazing. And and the first part of the book is, is awesome because I've actually, I'm like, man, did, did he has he been looking over my shoulder? He wrote about the time currency thing, and he's got a quote in there I always used to use in my lectures uh, from City Slickers, right, from Curly. Uh, Curly was telling Billy Crystal um, the most important thing in life. And Billy Crystal like, what? And he holds up one finger and he says, you know, I don't know what he said exactly, but Jack Palance, but he's like this, you know, and Billy Chris like, what, what's that? And he said, that's for you to decide, or I'm paraphrasing, but that's pretty much the gist of it. You know, we don't know what your one thing is, but whatever that one thing is, that's your one thing that you could be amazing at. And you won't know till you drop everything else and focus on it to the fullest of your abilities. Only then could you possibly achieve it. And I bet if you do, it would be amazing. Okay? So there's the book report. Like I said, go buy it. <laughs> Don't just take... I mean, it's crazy. Like a little five-minute ramble. But um, I'm, I love the book. Hope you guys like it too. Uh, if you have not done it yet, roll on over to iTunes and subscribe to this podcast, guys, because it helps me out. helps my rankings get up there. Plus, uh, yeah, I'm on your phone or your iPad, and you don't have to worry about finding every Just pops right there once a week it's there you don't have to look for it you don't have to go to the website or anything so anyway i'd love that if you go do that and uh i guess we'll see you next time right if it's been a great uh great the 30 minutes has rolled by so enjoy the rest of your week if you have any questions go to the website shoot them to me i'll love to answer them on the show if you got a good one and uh we'll talk to you then all right everybody see you then We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice so when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of the Chris Griffin Show where the doctor is always in.